0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 almost warp online, sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory with great warranties. Fabulous pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee great service department to back it all up every step of the way all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors, Kier, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf Online SunburyMotors.com joining us from SI.com is Mark Wogenrich do we have him all set there yes we do, hello Mark, how are you today
1: doing well Steve, how are you
0: doing great, great to see you here last week
1: yeah that was great, That was a good time
0: uh, when you go to something like that, and there's obviously multiple interviews to be done, what did you learn that maybe you had not known about before that you can convey to the readers?
1: I think one of the most interesting things to me, and it, I mean, there's a lot of talk about current roster and you know, uh, freshmen coming in, uh, how do they look, all that sort of thing. But Andy Frank um, player personnel, their director, player personnel, who's actually titled now kind of a general manager, right? General manager of personnel was talking about the June recruiting period. Um, and one of the things he mentioned that was interesting to me was the fact that, you know, with the amount, they're going to have something on the order of like 50 ish official visits and coupled with the camps, they're going to have several thousand players at, at their camps. Um, and and Andy made the point that this is a lot i mean this is a lot to organize to orchestrate to keep track of to entertain to fuel to everything to do that, and this is june this is the kind of month that a lot of us will you know out here in the real world kind of unplug from a little bit maybe we try to decouple ourselves start vacations or think about vacations or maybe we try to decouple a little bit from work June might be the busiest month of the year for the coaching staff and for the football staff at Penn State and, and, and Andy said something that really fascinated me. Is like people on the outside who look at us and see, you know, well you're coaching, all you're doing is coaching football and June's the off season. No, June's probably the time we're the busiest and if you would look at our kind of our mental health, um in June, that you might be surprised that this is not like the month for mental health at the you know where our mental health is at the best in the workplace. I found that to be fascinating to me because we have this impression and we have this vision of football coaches living in you know in the football offices and watching film from September through December and then they unplug. But no, especially in college, maybe there's that bit in in the NFL. But in college now, with the way the recruiting calendar goes, June is, is just as busy a month and probably just as hectic and as tense uh, a month as, as, as the season. I found that to be um, – that really took me back, the way he framed that, um, that answer. That really kind of – that made me you know, look at their staff uh, in, in, a, in a bit of a different way.
0: I think if there was a tip-off to that, Mark, it would have been two years ago coming out of COVID because when they were able to get face-to-face and get camps back and get people on campus, Penn State's recruiting took an incredible turn, and I think that's the tip-off as to what June means when they finally were able to get back to the the kind of June that they were used to having.
1: Exactly, but now that the way the – you know, you've contracted the calendar – forcing you know forcing players to essentially to have to commit earlier in order to sign earlier there are expanded number of visits you know everything you know in some ways rightfully is geared to the player being able to make the best most informed decision uh, that they can but on the other end you've got to I mean, these are, you know, these are coaches who came out of spring, and I'm, it's not just at Penn State. This is across the country at that level of football, coming out of spring practice, and then your evaluation period in May, and then all of a sudden you're hit in June with this essentially this period to build your roster for the next year, two, three, four years. That that is the most critical time of the year. I just you know, again, I just found that to be. Uh, a really kind of a really stark admission, because you think, well, then when do you great You what? You get two weeks break in July. They'll send everybody, you know, on vacation in July before coming back to start camp and stuff like that. Um, there should be, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to the calendar, but there should be more. I, I think hard stops. In yeah, recruiting. I do too.
0: <laughs> I I do, I do too because I think guys need breaks. Yeah. You know they keep talking about how the players need a break. The players need a break. Coaches need a break too. Yeah. Staff needs a break. Um, I want to continue though on the Andy Fisher uh, and and Andy uh, on Andy Frank part because the reason that because James made a big deal out of Andy and and I've talked about Andy many times, but you look at the numbers. People always are looking at transfers in out recruiting numbers. He's the one that takes care of all that, and it seems like when people are saying, well, they're at 89, they got to get to 85, Andy always seems to have that under control, and I find what he does amazing.
1: The fact that he can be so collected about that, too, I you know, they probably have. Again, he's managing... He It's like he's managing, you know, a Major League Baseball roster or an NFL 53 man roster and then a sub roster in a way you know, or he's managing in a you know a major league baseball roster and the triple a AAA roster at the same time that he's just him and his staff they have to and they have to do it over the periods of years because they know they know you know they know attrition natural and otherwise so the fact that you can be at 89 90 91 scholarships at a certain period but have an intrinsic understanding that you will be at eighty-five, that you might even be below it, because you know internally what is going to happen, and then you can, if you're at, and even if you're at eighty-nine scholarships, and say, well, we still have room for, you um, know, whatever, a tight end from from the transfer portal or, something, or anything like that. That's an enormous amount of work to to be able to manage that um, with what has. With the absolute wholesale changes in roster management that have come over the past three years in college football um, i mean there's there's little wonder that I, I think you know Andy and Metro when he started in 2014, you know it was he he and basically an administrative assistant, and now there's right. uh, you know uh, more than a dozen i don't have the numbers in front of me, but you're talking about more than a dozen people to manage um, to manage a roster and it's 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 essential um... it's essential to build out in order to compete at the level penn state is uh... is intent on competing at you need to be you need to be a corporate entity uh... in in that way and that's the college football you know through all these changes that i think a lot of us are struggling to make to keep pace with or at least to process and to be in Andy's position and not, and just say, I, you know, I I don't have the luxury of living in college football, 1994 time. I just don't. I have to, we're playing college football in 2024 time. And I have to manage a roster that, um, that assesses itself on today's terms and tomorrow's terms. It's the amount of change in his, you know, in his world, over the last three years, is enormous. I, you know, I, I liken it a little bit to the amount of change, kind of in the journalism world, really. But you know, over the last two decades or so, but even mm. the last ten years, primarily. There's, I mean, he manages a lot. <laughs> there's just no question about yeah. it.
0: When you had a chance to talk to others, whether it was assistant coaches or Chuck Losey what did you learn there?
1: Chuck Losey likes everybody. He's not. He's not. Um, not big on giving a ton of names. Uh, the one thing I did ask is, hey, you know, because he was talking about individual players um, and how they're making, uh, you know, the strides they're making in the off season. And I just said, you know, there's the, the athletic does that freak list. Who might you nominate for that? And he was a little. Yeah. He was reticent. Obviously, he's not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna come out and say everybody because you know James Franklin says say one player's name then you don't know, mention somebody else uh you know maybe right. maybe that has an effect I don't know one thing he did say that I thought was interesting was that Nicholas Singleton if he, he would put anybody on there it would be Nick Singleton from the perspective of how not not his numbers not from a testing numbers perspective but from how he approaches the game um he actually compared him he said he's he's similar he has a similar sense to Saquon Barkley in that in how he approaches the game off the field, in that you know the the gains that Saquon made from his freshman to sophomore year were absolutely enormous, and he's seeing Nicholas Singleton kind of make those same strides. Um, I was struck too because one of my stories for the preview magazine uh, coming up the town and camp preview magazine this summer was about the defensive line, and James Franklin um, was not asked about the defensive line during his session, but went out of his way to mention particularly the tackle. How the defensive line is really growing into a strength, and by growing into a strength, I mean that some of the tackles also are growing. In addition to being talented, and there being depth there, the guys are getting bigger. That's one of the points that James made last year, especially after that Michigan game. Um, Some of our guys just have to get bigger, and he's seeing that. He's seeing that from players like Zane Duran and and he and Hakeem Beam, and he out. Uh, He mentioned Devon Lees, who was a 300-pound guy anyway, but he mentioned these guys as working in ways that he uh, hadn't really seen before. And I really like that. The other thing I thought was really interesting was uh, Jay Watt Sider talking about uh, Trey Potts, the running back, who came in from Minnesota uh, Minnesota, and said uh, that he has to be really impressed as a coach with a player willing with a player who's willing to come into a running back room like that. I mean, this is, you know, paraphrasing the quote from Jaywan Sider, we lost four running backs because to the transfer portal because of those two freshmen last year. And here comes somebody who wants to come in. When you're talking about adding players via the transfer portal, is that not what you dream of kind of as a coach? You don't necessarily know what you're going to get with him as a player there could be a great benefit there. You could find a perfect niche for that player, but you're getting somebody who already is coming in, who seems to fit that room really well. And I think that is the kind of thing that you've seen Penn State do in the transfer portal very successfully over the past three years, is bring in players who are not just good players, but add to their culture, don't just fit in, but they add something to it.
0: Yeah, And there's no question, and, and look, Let's face it. I think what J one Sider tried to do is he kept telling him, Here's the deal, here are these two guys, are you sure you want to go, are you sure you want to go? And Potts was absolutely sure that he wanted to be there. You know, he wanted to play whatever role in big games, and I don't think he felt like he had that chance, especially to play in big games at Minnesota.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what yeah, that's what I mean by Players coming in who add to your culture. It seems like yes. that they, yeah. It seems like I mean I think Chop Robinson really is doing that. I interviewed him over the summer, and I think he's really doing that. I think mean, you saw that with Arnold and I think you'll see that with some of the other players too. Um, that they they add something. You don't just ask these players to come in and fit what you do. You you do, but you also want them to bring their experiences in and and have that be beneficial. Like. There is something that that um, that K. Tran Allen and Nicholas Singleton they're going to be able to learn from Trey Potts. He's going to be able to teach them something about his time in Minnesota, mm-hmm. or about you know, or about watching a, you know the way he used to watch a guard, you know, make a move or something like that, and how he would work behind that. He they're going to he's going to be able to give uh, give them something, and if they're sponges like we hear that they are, they are going to process that information and. And, and make it work for them. And if if that's what you get out of if that's what you get out of him, you know, you get a couple of carries a game, maybe reception. But if you get him to be that kind of player for your younger running backs, who can give them something else that they need um, to succeed, then you, you know, then you've hit a home run out of the portal with him.
0: Uh, a year ago, Mark, there was no question. Even though they were, they had not achieved the eleven and two record yet i think all of us knew just standing there who the leaders were and how strong they happened to be did you get a sense from everybody when they talked where the leadership is coming from with this group
1: i think yeah i think they're still i think they're still figuring that out i i i'm sure there you know specific players are going to make those strides i but i still think they are looking for guys to bring themselves into that role. I we use the word organic mm-hmm. a lot. And it's overused. Mm-hmm. But leadership, I don't think it's leadership because you had it in such strong ways last year. It can't just be players then divined to the next group that they, you know, let's say PJ Mustafer and Sean Clifford say these are worth, they, these guys were really good leaders and I think they're going to step forward. That's great, but they have to take those roles and initiatives uh, among themselves. I mean, I would look at a player, even somebody who we haven't seen on the field a whole mm-hmm. lot. Um, I got like Nick Dawkins, who I actually got to yeah. able to get to know in high school a little bit and wasn't able to play last year because of an injury going into his third year. I would expect a player like that because you know, his personality, he has a very strong, I think, Leadership style personality, and it comes yes. from the things that he also does off the field too. with starting his foundation, and being involved in um, Live for Life, that sort of thing. I think he has an element of that. Now, whether that can translate, um, yeah, how that translates into the room, if he's not a starter, that's that's what's interesting to me. But I think uh, you know, I just look at a player like that as being someone who can do it. I you know mentioned Devonne Lee's, I you know, I in an interview with him i you know, i heard somebody who i thought had a very strong leadership personality and he's somebody who uh PJ Mustopher had mentioned as well so those guys have to take their steps I, I you know the quarterback is always going to be your main leader i think sure. and i will see we'll see how uh Drew Abo Prabula handle that i i don't see them having the Sean Clifford um Presence yet, but you know they're second-year guys too, so they—they're not going to. So I would—that I, I think is—is is a demonstrable place where they're going to need it. I—I I don't know that they're going to have that core that that those real strong. I think Jair Brown, PJ, Sean Clifford, kind of mm-hmm. even even kind of players. This might be more of a group kind of uh, initiative. And that maybe they don't have the giant personalities, the um, fifth and sixth year seniors who have been around, seen it all done, it all kind of people. That it's going to be maybe a little more collective effort.
0: Mark, always a pleasure. It's great seeing you last week. I know i spent a lot of time talking with you, and I appreciate it very much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good seeing them. Maybe next week too. I guess live for life.
0: Live for life next Thursday, the twenty second. Yep, sounds great. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Mark dot SI.com. See, there's a guy who knows how to have fun. You know, they don't you know, no complaining. Just you know, just fun guy. He is a fun guy. I've I've had a couple of good times with Mark in the press box at Beaver Stadium. Fun guy. You know, some other people just want to complain when people try to have fun. Like, okay, yeah, all right. Fun. <sighs>
1: no, señor. No,
0: señor. No, señor. You need to work on your fun quotient. And why do I sense that we are not done out of, done with rants today? There might be something still left. Oh, of course there is. But today was a lighter day than yesterday. I can say that. We'll come back more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.